Good evening, everybody, and welcome to uh, post-Pentecost, Holy Spirit being poured out, almost summer episode of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations for the Almighty of Annunciation Radio, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, and we are absolutely, positively, tremendously Getting it's a lot all the of adverbs. Adverbs. Are the adverbs. Yes. Blessed right. to be with you tonight. Um, we're extra excited for one specific reason. Tonight we premiere the premiere edition <laughs> of the season two family road trip podcast with four new families that we are so excited for you to meet and to listen to. But before we get to that, Greg mentioned the word summer. And when we hear, it is a great word, and today is such a beautiful day. No complaining, folks. Thank you, Lord. Think about two months ago, three months ago. Praise God. The sun is out. It is warm. We can go outside for walks, open our windows. Spend time with family. Summer is so often and should be simultaneous in a special way with family. There seems to be more time to do things and Um, things that we've kind of set aside and just to kind of delve in in that way. And what better thing to do with your family than to grow closer to each other and to the Lord. You know, through the year, we so often talk about how busy things Mm -hmm. are and running kids here or running to do this and Mm -hmm. the busyness of schedules and calendars filled up. And we oftentimes, unfortunately, set aside what's most important, that time together and time with our Lord aside and you know we think oh in the summer there'll be more time and we'll do this and we'll do that and then all of a sudden summer gets even crazier well it shouldn't be it shouldn't be but we fill it up with other things so our encouragement for you is to make that time and take that time and we offer in a very special way a challenge and encouragement to you strong challenge a strong challenge a strong beginning tonight beginning now this moment yes get it on the calendar A seven-week commitment, once a week, committing with your family to gather to talk and pray together Mm -hmm. using uh, the Live It Guide that can be found at ilovemyfamily.us. Really awesome. Yeah, so every week for the next seven weeks, we're going to air this season two of the Family Road Trip podcast. And you're going to hear these four families who are heroically embarking on this journey together as they share and report their own uh, you know, challenges and how God's grace is poured out. If you heard the first season, you know that you're not alone in facing the awkwardness of bringing your family together and defeating the, the things that demand our attention, right? Digital stuff and all this busy stuff to, to lean into it. Um, but we do want to involve you. So every week for seven weeks, we're going to air the episode of the Family Road Trip podcast, which runs about 20 minutes. And we really encourage you to call in and share with us. And tonight, Steph's going to tell you what we want you to think about over the 20 minutes of the first episode here. So you call in and share with us what, Steph? So the question that we'd like you to think about is, what are your greatest challenges in actively and regularly leading your family in meaningful conversation and prayer? Let me say that one more time. What are your greatest challenges in actively and regularly leading your family in meaningful conversation and prayer? Think about that. What comes to mind? What word do you have to share with others who can be inspired by you and feel united with you and get that conversation going? So without 
further ado. What's the phone number so they can write it down now? Oh, right now. The phone number is... 877-275-8098. One more time. 877-275-8098. Buckle up. Here we go. People get ready. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another very special season of the Family Road Trip Podcast. We are so excited you are with us. And the us would be Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four awesome, wonderful couples. Not only awesome, wonderful couples, but courageous couples. That is so true. So whether you are with us on the podcast season one, you can find out more at ilovemyfamily.us which is an awesome thing just to say that, just to declare it. I love my family.us, but all the more you get to go there. And you can see the seven episodes of four courageous couples who said yes to what? What made them courageous? Because who has that immediate comfort level to, you know, be vulnerable like that? And one, like the, what? Com- one the commitment to say we are going to gather as a family for seven weeks straight. We have a gathering guy. It's a one-pager, and it's very easy to follow. And these four couples have said yes every week to bringing their family together to follow this guide and to use it as an occasion to talk and pray. So if you follow this guide, again, ilovemyfamily.us, it begins with fun questions, just really fun, easy questions that are easy to go around with the family to talk about. And then you have kind of five we call daily questions, things like what's a victory in your life? What's a challenge in your life? What's something you're grateful for? By the way, when we do this, we discover the gold, the treasure that is hidden in our children and in our spouses. We don't often in our busyness get around to the blessedness of really sharing aspects of our hearts. Uh, Then we read the readings. Typically, you only have time once a week where you'll read the gospel, this coming Sunday's gospel, the word of God. And the first question, what struck you, what challenged you, and what inspired you, what questions did it raise? Perhaps when we go to Mass on Sunday, maybe we're zoning out. Let's just be really honest. And by the way, you're going to hear that again and again in the seven-week series. We want honesty. We want real. We encourage you to be real with your kids, with one another. And when we hear the gospel, let's face it, it may seem irrelevant. It doesn't command our attention the way maybe our favorite sport does or our favorite song or some other excitement. It doesn't move our hearts. But when you gather together and ask these questions, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit opens up the door for us to really be attuned to God's word alive among us, in us. Then we close typically with a challenge. You know, what is one area that each of us want to grow in? What's one specific area? Now, what's the beauty of that? What's awesome is that, number one, I'm going to say as a husband and father, my kids maybe get some insight as to why I was maybe grumpy the last day because I shared a challenge in my life. Number two, they're going to be more merciful. Number three, they're going to pray for me. They're going to say, I get it. Dad's dealing with some difficult things in his life. But number four, it's going to be a context of accountability. 
If I keep coming back every week and I'm still, if you will, not being conquered to deal with these things in my life, you know, it means I'm not really doing the work. And so it's a great culture. God gives us families a great culture to truly become, as Matthew Kelly says, the best versions of ourselves. That's what this is meant to do, putting that flag in the sand on a weekly basis. Typically, it doesn't take more than 45 minutes. Often, you'll find that you want to go longer. And I will say at the outset, you know, you got to kind of say we're going to do this. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be difficult, um, but we got to set the digital stuff aside. We want to light a candle, maybe have some beverages and snacks that the kids like. But you're going to say, guys, you've never done this before. I get that. And I'm not really even good at this, kids, so be patient with me. But let's just do this thing. I invite you to enter into it. So there's a snapshot of what these four couples are committing themselves to doing on a weekly basis in spite of the busyness. So with no further ado... Let's get right down to it. Let's meet our passengers here on the Family Road Trip Podcast. He's on down, he's on down the road. It's go time. Hunter Brinkers, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, Brett and Ellen Hunter Brinker. We've been married for eight years. Mm-hmm. And we have five children. Woo-hoo. Six and a half, four and a half, a two-year-old, and two still baking in the oven, which will be popping <laughs> out by the end of these seven weeks. That is exciting to uh, to journey with you in that way. Let us Amen. know so uh, we can pull over in time. Oh, yeah. We will uh, be holding a couple baby products <laughs> during the podcast. Awesome. Brett, tell us what do you do to put butter on the crackers? Uh, I work at the Diocese of Toledo at the Pastoral Center. I'm the coordinator of evangelization and pastoral care within the Departmentship of Family Life and uh, and um, just uh, really enjoy that. Ellen is an RN by trade, but primarily a stay-at-home mom for the most part, and works for Heartbeat of Toledo part-time uh, as a registered nurse there. Fabuloso. Hummusins, you are up. Good Hi. evening, Americans. I'm Jeff. <laughs> I need to play superhero music behind that intro. Good evening, Americans. Good evening, Americans. Americans. Married for uh, 23 years. We have eight kids together. We uh, attend Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption, beautiful Assumption, Ohio. Awesome. Awesome. How do you put butter on the crackers, Jeff and Nikki? You work together. You're a team. I use usually a piece of silverware at night. I was going to happen. But I don't butter my crackers. You should try it sometime. It's really good. I don't even eat crackers. (laughs) Or butter. Okay, well, since I know Jeff and Nikki, we're excited to know all these people as brothers and sisters in Christ on the journey. Just a word about this place, Noka, in the area of Toledo. Just give us a nutshell. What is Noka? It is a classical curriculum school. focuses on truth, beauty, and goodness, and raising virtuous citizens. Awesome. Northwest Ohio Classical Academy. And you're going to be in that yep. first year experience of this school in the Toledo area. Awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. With yeah. your kids, yeah. with your children, some of your children. That's really cool. That's right. Bonars. Bonars, yes. My name is Branko Bonar. My wife is Catherine Bonar. We are married and we've been married for almost 19 years. Good save. And we have three children. I work for a Healthcare nonprofit in Toledo. I am the IT department. I help people with their computers and I just manage the whole thing. 
And what parish are you guys at, Bronco? We go to St. Joe, Mommy. Excellent. Awesome to have you guys aboard with us. Daniels. Good evening. Good um, evening. <laughs> yes. My wife, Jen, and I, uh, we are parishioners of Holy Trinity Parish in Assumption, Ohio, with the Hummusons. And um, we have five children that we know of. Uh, <laughs> I won't press you on what that means, the implications. I always say that just to cover myself. <laughs> I don't hear you getting hit or anything, Matt, so pretty safe. They range rage um, in ages from seven all the way down to uh, 16 months. And Beautiful. For nine years. I work for the diocese, too. Um, I get to help lead our education department there. And my wife is uh, a nurse, um, has gotten to stay home and be with our kids um, since our third. He's on Wonderful. Folks, you're listening to the four new uh, co-journers with us in the Family Road Trip Podcast Season 2. Very excited to have these four families with us that they've said yes to gathering together with their homes on a weekly basis to receive God's grace, to talk and pray in their homes, and to see them more fully become that kind of place. And right away, we're glad you're with us because maybe as you're hearing, you'll be aware Yourself, of what what fears are you pressed with in thinking about? Could you gather your family together for 45 minutes to talk and pray? You know, what stands in the way? Is it busyness? Is it fear? Is it, you know, maybe commitment to other things? Um, we all have them. We all have stuff that stands in the way. When I was really young, we were playing cops and robbers, of course, in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and a whole group of boys back in the day when you'd hang out with the neighborhood kids until the sun went down. And one of my friends, you know, he was a little weird as we were playing this game. He was kind of like bewildered and kind of wandering aimlessly from house to house. And, you know, I said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking for my gun. And I said, might that be what you have in your right hand? And he just, it was one of those moments where absolutely, he had just, for whatever reason, had forgotten he had his gun in his hand and he was looking for it. The truth is, the things that we yearn for, that we're looking for most, any of you who are listening right now, if you're like us, we're going to keep it really honest. The supply of that is being poured out. The supply for our greatest poverty is being poured out and particularly poured out into marriage and family. But we got to take the time to receive it. What is that night that you're going to pick that everybody, you can make it happen where everybody can be together to make this happen. Or morning or afternoon. Absolutely. We're going to go around again and really kind of two questions um, that I have for our wonderful friends here online. Um, what is a greatest challenge that you will face, that you already know you will face over the next seven weeks in bringing your family together? And number two, what do you hope to get out of these seven weeks? Let's begin with the hunting break. So I think one of our greatest challenges is going to be the obvious of adding two more babies to the mix in the middle of doing this. So, so just awesome. um, trying to keep our focus <laughs> with that. But um, at the same time, I think another challenge for us will be to make our gatherings here at home more than just another thing for the kids to do. Mm-hmm. Like try and find that way to help them understand the why behind it. So it's not mm. just another what, but why we're doing this. Look around you. Look up here. 
So what I read into that also, Ellen, is that you have a range of ages, as do others here in the program, and uh, those who are listening, and it's going to be a question of how do we adapt to their unique understanding, their unique um, challenges and attention spans. So that's just great and really honest, and I think all of us you know, face those challenges with a range of ages of children. You're there when I need you, you're there when I need I'm going to need you. So what do you hope to get out of this? Just, um, I think just a greater awareness for our family of God's love for us and how we can live that out in our home and in our relationships with one another. That was awesome. Hummusins, yeah. what do you see as your greatest challenge? Well, I, I think that our greatest challenge, I'm sure, is similar to many others as well. But I think for us, it's fighting fatigue and distractions. Mm. Um, you know, it doesn't really matter what time of the day. <laughs> for us, our oldest <laughs> right? almost 21, our youngest is two. And um, usually the kids are very willing and... I usually have to be pulled away from, you know, trying to do half a dozen different things. But but once we do get settled, it's great. So I think just fighting those um, distractions. That was awesome. Benars. What will be your greatest challenge? I think a great challenge for us will be vulnerability. And I think especially wow. because we have a 13-year-old and we're beginning this <laughs> journey, um, to be able to be all open and not to have it um, seem goofy to him, but also just for all of us to be honest and open. Show me who I am and who I could be. Initiate the heart within me till it opens properly. To take that time so that when we argue, you know, but we can regroup and say we can really be vulnerable and say we're sorry. And I think that'll be the biggest um, challenge for us. That is a huge intuition. Maybe we as adults, there's some point in our lives we've inherited moments of being vulnerable and transparent and it being exploited. And it's good for us adults to ask the question, has that caused us, in the words of the immortal Pink Floyd, built walls, another brick in the wall that is, um, if you will, kept us safe, but in a sense deprived us of fostering that kind of atmosphere in our homes where there can be a godly, trusting atmosphere of vulnerability. So what you're saying there is really, I think, a challenge for everybody on the planet and uh, I'm delighted um, that you speak to us of that, Catherine, and uh, an encouragement for all of us to really seek ever greater vulnerability and transparency. What do you hope to get out of this? I mean, you've already kind of suggested it, but is there anything else you might want to add? It's interesting because we did not discuss this question uh, beforehand. That's the answer. I'm hoping to create more open and vulnerable relationship, especially with our children. And because, I, you know, like Catherine said, the oldest one is teenager. I can, especially as his father and son, I can see this tension growing and this separation. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping to overcome that barrier 
and not not miss the boat. That was awesome. <laughs> Before we go to the Daniels, I'm just going to tap to see if there's anything there among the Hummusons who have a few teenagers. We have teenagers ourselves. As you heard the Benars just speak candidly about their eldest 13-year-old and wanting to open up doors for meaningful exchange and conversation, um, do you have any words of encouragement um, or advice? Be not afraid to lead your sons and daughters. You know, as a dad, you have legitimate authority. If you live it, then your sons and daughters will see that, you know, especially with teenagers. I think the distraction level, obviously, mm. is ridiculous, and you have to uh, engage them. And then in order to engage them, you have to get them away from the distraction. Also, I think that it's important for dads to, you have to make fun things happen with your kids. A different challenge, obviously, with you need to think it through what would be something that your teenagers would like to do and then make time to do that. That was awesome. Pray for God's heart for them. Lord, help me to see my wife the way you see her. Help me to see my children the way you see them. Help me to literally get inside their souls and to experience their world as you left the heavens and came down here on earth and walked in our footsteps and experienced our lives. So we are called in a similar way to uh, be icons and instruments of Christ in our marriages and families. And that's the way we do it. The Daniels, what do you see or foresee as the greatest challenge in these next seven weeks? So as Matt mentioned, we have five little ones, seven and under, the biggest challenge that I foresee is really remaining focused mm. and um, to, to pull everyone together um, to get those littles to, to calm down and sit still for you know, 45 minutes or an hour or whatever time that we, we can carve out to just really be together and um, focus on, on praying together. It won't be like We were blessed with six children in seven years, so very similar um, age ranges. And I think just going into it, too, knowing obviously the real little ones, it is just going to be, you know, kind of making them a part of it, if possible, in a, in a different kind of way. And it's amazing how quickly they'll see what that atmosphere means, you know, even at a little age. So just a word of encouragement to even when it seems a little chaotic, it's amazing sometimes how all of a sudden they kind of settle in. Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you guys hope to get out of it? So I think what we hope to get out of it is really just marking that time every week, designating that time to spend together and to have purposeful conversation with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, because whenever we do that, we... I think are always amazed at what they do know and what they can 
provide, what insight they provide. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's just, we're excited to spend that time with them and to see what they have to share and to grow um, alongside of them. That was awesome. Folks, you are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and four wonderful couples with their families, the Hunter Brinkers, Hummisons, Benars, and Daniels, who courageously have said yes to seven weeks of gathering with their families to receive God's grace. We know they're going to face obstacles. They're going to face challenges along this adventure. But isn't that what makes an adventure, that there's challenges? Can you name any movie that's really interesting without a challenge? without uh, something that stands in the way, an obstacle meant to be overcome. Well, they're going to face it, and we're inviting you right now to join us. We challenge you, make the commitment right now to set aside time every week for seven weeks and see the grace God will, that he will pour out into your marriage and into your family. We call this the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're excited here to be in the second season, and this is our first stop. We look forward to being back with you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. So, Steph, what do you think? It's the first time you heard the episode. You were obviously there in the recording, but just what are your first impressions, the first response? So, one, I love each of those families so much, Mm. and I'm so grateful that the Lord has um, intertwined our lives, first and foremost. So grateful that they're willing to share and be a part of this road trip. They are great witnesses um, to us personally in their marriages and in their parenting as very intentional and um, joyful witnesses to family life. Um, I love your music choices much better, (laughs) if I may say that, live on air. I am your wife, and I'm blessed to be your wife. I can receive that. Um, I receive that. Your music choices, I give the thumbs up to this time around. Can I make a joke about Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith? No, you may not. Thank you very much. It would not, not even close. <laughs> I get a bad rap. John Paul, I need your defense here, my love. So, folks, we are, are so blessed to be on this journey. Ignite Radio Live. You're with Greg and Stephanie Schleter. And uh, you heard, again, the first episode of Season 2 Family Road Trip Podcast. And you'll be able to join us over the next seven weeks. And now it's your turn. The question we asked at the beginning of this program is, what are your greatest challenges in actively and regularly leading your family in meaningful conversation and prayer. Please call in 877-275-8098. Don't wait for us to stop talking because if you knew me well enough, that's just not going to happen. We prioritize you. So please call in and uh, share with us. What are the challenges that stand in the way? Now, to set the stage, this is an epic consideration. This is not a kind of cutesy family, warm and fuzzy thing we're talking about here. As Pope John Paul II stated, Humanity passes by way of the family. So, folks, um, when we read the paper, if you're like me, when I actually have time to get to it or access the news, which of us don't feel a heaviness, Mm -hmm. a heaviness that besieges us? So many things beyond our control happening in the world of politics and international politics and the economy outside in countries that we'll never see, much less in our nation and other states um, and things that even happen in our our own state, in our own backyard. 
Um, not to mention, you know, the family situations that we experience of people that are we go to work with or families of people that we go to school with. Um, and so I think it's easy to get distracted about those things and to feel a heaviness about them. But I was moved as I was hearing the podcast with a simple insight. You might say a word. There's no power around us that surpasses what God desires to do within us. There's no power around us that surpasses what God desires to do within us. Now, almost every day, hopefully, we're praying the Lord's Prayer. Are we availing ourselves to being instruments of his answer? Do we believe it, that these words Jesus taught us, that the God of the universe, the second person of the Trinity who came on this earth and taught us these words, do we think he lied when he said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Folks, I think we have to humbly recognize God is doing his part. He's pouring forth his spirit. We just experienced Pentecost. His Spirit is being poured out. Maybe the issue isn't a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit because that's been happening. Maybe it's an issue of what is standing in the way, what debris, what fears and doubts and reservations and wounds exist in us that keep us from taking the steps of faith because every instance of faith, they faced obstacles. Every single person you can think of, they faced difficulty, but they acted anyways. That's the quality of faith. They faced the challenge, they faced the obstacle, and they took the step anyway. Great image of Peter stepping on out of the boat, onto the water. We're asking you to do that and realize if the future of humanity passes by way of the family, if God wants his kingdom to come, it's going to come principally through the family. Pope John Paul II understood the family is the archetype of the church. It's the archetype of civilization. The family is the ultimate ussy. It's God's ultimate ussy. You know, it is our way of revealing love, of making love known in the way we, we, we pour out ourselves for the good of another person. And I would venture to say that the enemy who hates us because we image God in that capacity of love wants to make us isolates. He wants us to just be functioning. He wants us to reduce even matters of faith to just go through the motions without the vitality. And let's be honest. Are you experiencing the vitality in the Mass? Are you experiencing the vitality in your prayer? Are you experiencing growth in your marriage and family? Do you look forward to getting together with your family because you're going ever deeper? You're discovering things in one another that are just edifying you and edifying them. You're praying with each other and over one another. That's kingdom-building stuff. And so we're just asking you to lean into it and take one step of all the hours, 24 hours a day times seven. Can you set aside 45 minutes to talk and pray meaningfully with your family? If you go to ilovemyfamily.us, it's not any creative genius of ours. We're not about trumpeting our own uh, movement or message. In fact, I like to say very often, our mission is not mass impact. Mass impact is for the mission. What's that mission? To make God's love known. To live the love that God calls us to, not just in special programs and special weekends with our special guy friends, our special girlfriends. The measure of the power of the mass, the measure of the power of every event you're involved with is what happens under your roof. And so let me ask, if we were to interview your family, your spouse, your kids, is mom, is dad, as a result of these programs, as a result of Mass, are we growing closer together? Do you experience greater love and forgiveness and transformation? Again, I remind us, this is tough stuff. It scares us. There's some trepidation that maybe you experience with this. I get that. But I also know the testimony of the power of Christ alive in those willing to take those steps. I know the power of Christ in those who faced it and said, I'm going to do it anyways. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're going to set aside time. And maybe the first thing, dads, I'm speaking to you, 
Father's Day coming up, and praise God for our Father in Heaven, whom we're called to be icons of. But the scary thing is, the degree to which we falter, which we will, but the degree to which we do, is the degree to which our children will inherit a faltered view of their Father in Heaven. So I'm asking us fathers in a particular way to bring our families together, and I invite you to even try this. I'm going to test your heroism. You know, 9-11 faced those circumstances, uh, buildings going down, and men who didn't even know who were in the building ran in to save them, and many lost their lives that day. We saw, uh, the first time ever, a great movie on Normandy, on D-Day, The Longest Day, a great movie. It's awesome. See it. And it just totally moved me of the, the organization that these men had united in mission a willingness to give their lives. Gentlemen, are you willing to give your life for a good cause? Would you give your physical life to run into your home and save your family? Well, this is a similar thing of entering into the home and saving their souls and your own at the same time. So this is what I'm challenging you to do. I'm inviting you to set aside time this week and gather your family around, and I'm inviting you to say, hey, guys, I love you, and I know I've fallen short as a father. I know I don't do everything right, and I'm not going to interrupt you at all. But I want to hear how I can be a better father. I know the things that I'm going to apologize for them now, but then I want to hear what are ways that I have hurt you? What are ways that I have fallen short? Maybe there are good reasons, maybe there aren't. We know there may be. We know that our kids may have skewed vision about our lives. We get that. But I I challenge you fathers to do that, and I promise you this. If you do that and you listen with love, without response or defense, You will defeat the enemy in a a way that is unimaginable. You will move the blocks out of the way of an intimacy that is meant to flow through your family by simply giving permission for your kids to share ways that you can be a better dad, ways that you can be a better husband, and then pray together. Apologize and say, I ask you guys to pray for me. You know, I really want a journey. I know I fall short, and I really want to grow with you. Can we do this together as a family, guys? Can, can we, on a weekly basis, put a flag in the sand, gather together, spend this time to talk and pray and be real with each other? Not hold up each other's faults and failings, but to gather together. And there's this fun thing called live it together. Let's give it a shot. I know you may think it's corny or goofy or whatever, but it's all about relationship. Which of us don't, in our heart of hearts, desire to be loved? And to love. And if not in our family, where? We see a world starving for love because they're not getting it in, in their homes. If you've been around kids at these awesome summer camps, Damascus being one of them and many of them, they're coming from quote unquote good families, starving for love, starving for a dad that will listen to them, starving for somebody that will be attuned to their deepest heart of hearts, but they're afraid to. Because we haven't established that frequency. We haven't tuned it in. We're allowing the static of the world to dictate our lives. And we're missing these opportunities to open those doors of meaningful relationship that will ground them strongly when they face the storms. That Matthew 7.24, that's exactly what this is about. Build on solid rock, not on shifting sand. And that begins with us, parents. It begins with us fathers. It begins with us loving And I'm just, again, challenging you to set aside that time this week of all the hours you have and all the other things you will do. Can you set aside 45 minutes to do the most important thing in your home? And that is to put the flag in the sand, gather your family together to talk and pray. Join us in this journey. That's what these four families are doing with the Family Road Trip podcast. If you want to hear the first season, listen to the growth that happened from the first episode to the seventh. Is there anything more important than this? Anything, I ask you. And is, is, there, is there any reason for waiting? Do you want to wait to that funeral 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now? I've never known a man who looked back and said, you know, I really just didn't make enough money at the end of his life. Or I just didn't get that promotion that I wanted at the end of his life. They lament the time wasted. They lament the time lost. 
not seized in those moments of encounter. And again, I can't say it strongly enough. I get that it's scary. I get that if you've, if you've let things go and you've allowed your digital devices to take the place of people, pixels instead of people, if pixels are ruling your house, it's going to take you know, a response in grace to say, hey, guys, this is going to be tough, and it may even begin with me. And for that, guys, I'm going to ask you, I'm speaking to all families, but in a particular way, men, check out Pentecost90.us. What is this? Well, check it out. It flowed out of Exodus 90, some pretty strong commitments that men have made throughout the world for 90 days preceding Easter, ending with Easter. And we asked ourselves the question, the men that I was involved with is godly men, honest men, honest about their struggles in their marriages and families. That's why I love these guys. Those are, that's what I love about these guys in the, pod, the, the podcast. They're honest, they're vulnerable, they're transparent. And after that experience, which we more or less nailed, depending on the person in Exodus 90, everyone said, we need to continue seeking the fundamentals of our Catholic faith. We need to continue structuring our lives to open up those doors, to be encouraged and strengthened, to live it out in our marriages and families in the basic ways. So if you're listening to me right now and you say, yes, I'm Catholic, I challenge you to go to Pentecost 90. Dot us and ask yourself, are you committed to these basic seven things? Now, we've got 12, 13, 14 awesome national male leaders who got on board right away in supporting this. Father Nathan Cromley, Peter Herbeck, Ralph Martin, Patrick Coffin, um, Father Ricardo, uh, Justin Fatica. Um, all these guys are like, we are so down with this invitation for men to accept a basic level of embracing grace through these basic commitments that the church gives us. God wants to pour out his grace in this moment. He wants us truly, as the bishop has been inspiring and challenging us, to be a holy Toledo. That's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen with moments of excitement as we're listening to a great homily or a great talk in EWTN or a great retreat. It's not going to happen in that limited time with those limited people at that limited place. It's going to take you to say, that's about me. I need to respond to God's grace. Pentecost90.us is the place. Check it out. I challenge you to join us. When I say challenge, I mean join us in holding one another up. Band of brothers, this is Normandy. This is D-Day. This is Discipleship Day. This is the day that God is pouring out his grace, and if we don't claim it now, you know what? It's about our next generations and their generations thereafter. Let's be that generation that puts the flag in the sand and says, as for me and my house, we're going we're gonna to pivot here. We're going to pivot civilization because God is pouring out his grace for us to do it, but we got to do that. Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I didn't expect How that. do I follow that? Well, I encourage Ladies, folks to let's call step in. up too. <laughs> um, so yes, the number is 877-275-8098. And the question that we have asked is, what are your greatest challenges in actively and regularly leading your family in meaningful conversation and prayer? Um, call. Eight seven seven two seven five eight zero nine eight. The John, John Paul, our dear wonderful son, is working the sound, and he keeps smiling at me with this cute little smile. So that's my little giggle moments that you may keep hearing. Well, we're waiting for folks to call, and hopefully, we encourage you just to to break the ice. You who are listening right now, share with us what are your challenges in fostering a culture of encounter in your home or share a a glory story of how you've seen a small example of God's grace breakthrough. We always refer to Revelations 12, 11. They defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the Mass, and the word of our testimony. we got to share the testimony. We share the testimony in every other regard, right? 
the people we're around, on the phone, internet. What are the things we talk about? Is it life-giving? Is it transformative? You've got to witness. If you're a Christian, you've got to believe that God is doing something in your life. He's transforming us glory by glory. As Ralph Martin says in his wonderful book, um, Fulfillment of All Desire, he's really kind of encapsulating the life of the saints and saying there's no one in heaven who is not a saint. Think about that. There's no one in heaven who is not a saint. Put another way, unless we become saints, we're not going to heaven. This is the message of Christ that he revealed to us. You know, we talk about walls and, and you know, keeping people out. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily making a political analogy here, but maybe it's coming through that way. Jesus revealed to us definition of the terms of going to heaven, and he gave us the choice to choose that, and those who don't choose that path to eternal life by their own choice are left outside of those walls. And so I think it's important right now that we recognize God calls us to saint to become saints, and he's pouring forth the grace for us to do that. And why not start now? Why not seek that grace now? So you had mentioned Bishop Thomas earlier, and um, just so blessed by him, and prayers for him. Please keep him in your daily prayers. What a blessing and what a uh, tremendous weight. <laughs> I'm sure that's an understatement he has on his shoulders leading each of us. Um, but just the, his whole mantra of holy disciples, holy families, holy vocations, that's what this is all about, right? That's what life should be about. This is a great way, um, or for, I hate the word formula, but you're looking for certain ways to do certain things, and what better way than to do it than coming together with your family. If you're an empty nester, gra- you know, gather with your spouse, you know, or two or more gathered in my name. We've known many different um, older couples who have done this or not so older, but kids are out of the house and the tremendous difference that it's made in their marriages and just kind of opening those doors up to talk and um, giving them that that little bit of direction that maybe they have needed uh, to be able to do that. So, again, we just encourage you, ilovemyfamily.us, to go there, to look and see what that gathering guide is all about, to commit to the seven weeks um, Greg, the, the beautiful families that we just heard on the podcast, some of their challenges that they shared, I don't know if you want to speak into any of those. I think I know as I heard them live last night and then listening again tonight, just nodding in agreement because who doesn't face, you know, fatigue and distraction and fighting that and giving kids the reasons why, you know, we're doing something. Well, let me affirm all of those four couples and those that we're blessed to be in association with in defeating, at least um, on, on the verge, at battle with one of the, the greatest enemies of holiness and the greatest enemies of sanctity in the family. What is that enemy? It's the enemy that would have us be more interested in appearing holy mm-hmm. than in actually becoming right. holy. I'm going to say that again. The enemy that is whispering and conniving Many Catholics in the pews, of which sadly is less than 25-30% of those who profess Catholicism, are those who are more afraid of appearing holy, uh, not holy, than actually becoming holy. And what am I trying to say there? In this culture, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of lies that are prevailing around us in absence of us willing to lovingly articulate truth. And understand, when I say articulate a truth, it's not a truth I created. Christ is the truth. God is truth. God is love. And we are called as Christians to lovingly articulate truth 
everywhere that it is being challenged, everywhere that it's being challenged, everywhere lies are being articulated, they merit a response, or we're allowing them to persist. As the, uh, the author said, following Nazi, Jam- Na- Nazi Germany, all that takes for evil to exist is for good men to do or say nothing. Actually, I think that originated with Edmund Burke, but it was uh, spoken and quoted often, and you can understand why. There were many probably good people who attended churches on Sundays in Nazi Germany. Well, now we have before us, in unveiling in the last few months, um, the battle lines drawn of, is the unborn from the moment of conception a human being or not? That's the only relevant question in any debate. Because we ought to understand that no other law subordinates life to quality of life. There's no other law that says we're going to place somebody's quality of life over another's right to life itself. And we understand with compassion the difficulty that women face. We absolutely need to understand that. As we would anybody else's difficult decision, of which there are many, we need to understand the human reality, the circumstances, the difficulty. But they do not merit erasing the principle that life, as Thomas Jefferson said, the, the, the um, first and only legitimate object of good government is life. We need to speak these truths wherever they are under threat. And I'll say another of the key areas is the word love itself. We've seen that emerge in the last weeks and months. Love is not is love. Love is love is love. No. Love is God. God is love. And when we were in amnesia and forgot who we were, he came into this world, took on flesh and blood, and died gave up his life, sacrificed his life, not for his own pleasure, not for his own sexual desire or, or whatever. He, he gave up his life that we might know the nature of love. And that's what we're called to do. Take up our cross, deny our very selves, and follow him, to follow in the way of Jesus Christ. Which of us don't have desires that merit self-control? I thank God mine has never been homosexual desire or attraction. I have sympathy for those who might have that disorder, that objective disorder. I've got my own. That's not one of them. And I'm never going to validate my disordered desire because I struggle with it. When has that ever made sense? What parent in all of history validates a child's disordered desire? We are all children seeking a truth. And it's not simply a religious truth or a Christian truth. It is certainly that, but it's anchored in nature. It just makes sense. On this question of sexual attraction, there's no argument that surpasses the one the body has already made. Same-sex bodies don't fit together. And number two, their processes will never accomplish what they're undeniably designed to, process, uh, to accomplish. These are some truths, folks, that we, we've got to get hardball with it, with love, but hardball with it, and acknowledge, hey, we are not there. I'm not a saint. I'm not pretending that I'm perfect, but I'm not going to erase the standard because I struggle with these things. If pornography is in the game, as it is for most men, you know, which of us who are seeking the, the kingdom are going to say, well, you know, because we struggle with it or because it's a strong desire, let's erase the, um, the objective disorder that it is and the pursuit of it. No, we're called to be transformed. And by the way, if we don't acknowledge this distance, what is the merit of the church? If I don't recognize that I'm a sinner, what's the point of the Savior? Think about that. If we're not looking in the mirror and saying, I see my, my shortcomings, I see my sin, I see my vice, why would I ever want to go to church? You know, we're being told in these days that, you know, the church is just a metaphor of the hospital, you know, that uh, we're all, you know, in need of, um, you know, we have a caller, and I'm looking forward to that caller. (laughs) But um, no, just absolutely, the church is a hospital for sinners. But ask yourself the question, does that mean just come in and hang out in the lobby and drink coffee? Or does that mean to be diagnosed? Does that mean to have a godly perspective, look at my sin, name it as sin, and lead me through a process of transformation of greater sanctity. That's 
the full respect and regard for the metaphor of the, the church as a hospital for sinners. Hi, Steph. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting to see if I should start talking or let the caller through, but John Paul's still on the phone. So, um, yes, yes, and yes. I love your passion, Greg. Um, so often, you know, we hear others and we're like, yeah, yeah, did you hear that? You know, that was awesome. And how little um, we are willing to invest in being that passionate about the things that the, the Lord desires us to be passionate about. So I thank you for that witness and um, your passion for truth and your your calling out. And I guess I need to say also um, that we are in this together, right? That so often we feel so alone in many of those things that that you just mentioned. And again, the beauty of Annunciation Radio and our parishes and the blessing of um, community that we have um, to come together and to uh, share. I think too often, too many people think that if you're, you kind of um, are involved in your parishes or, you know, even daily mass goers or whatever the case may be that you're, you know, you're, you're good, right? You're good. And, we are so hungry. We are so hungry to be encouraged by, you know, our our leaders, our church leaders, our fellow parishioners, our friends that, you know, it just feels so often like we're in those trenches and we're waiting, you know, for someone to, to encourage and take care of. And so if you are one of those people right now, I guess I'm feeling after listening to you, Greg, and the Lord is putting this on my heart you know, don't get discouraged. Don't be, reach out to somebody. Know that we need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to know that we're not crazy, right? That, you know, regardless of the culture that we're in and to focus on proclaiming, you mentioned the scripture that we love to proclaim, you know, Revelation twelve eleven. they defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb. We cannot forget the power of the mass and the word of their testimony, that it is so important for us to speak out, to share not only those moments where we have to proclaim the truth, but those glory stories that we can share what the Lord has done, continues to do, and we have great hope that he will do um, in our lives. The heart of this, folks, by the way, in my passion, is, and I don't even know who had presented this to me at one point in my life, but it colored Steph's and my formation of young disciples with our heart and soul and the teams that we formed, it's simply this. Pray to have the Father's heart, to have the Father's heart for everyone we come into contact with. Pray to see them as he sees them. And that may mean, often does mean encouragement, right? Encouragement of how God made them to be, their nature. But it often can mean also an awakening to their greater self and journeying with them and giving them the right step, not overwhelming, but the right step to lead somebody to greater understanding and insight. And I know if you're listening to me right now, you've been in this battle. How much do I share and when do I share and all that sort of thing. So you're already in that game. You're already prayerfully agonizing over the lost, maybe a spouse, maybe children. And and just the first thing is just to know, praise God, that you are united with the Father's heart who is agonizing for his lost son or daughter. And he's using you as an instrument. So praise God that that you can know that that anguish is his anguish. But for those of you who are perhaps on the sidelines, afraid to go there, 
Uh, you don't want to, I don't know, ruffle feathers. Um, that's not that's not Catholic. It's just simply not Catholic. It is not Christian. We are called on this earth, while we're on this earth, appointed and anointed to be priest, prophet, and king, to, to, to communicate the kingdom with love while we are on the journey ourselves. So I encourage you to really pray for an infusion of grace. It comes by way of the sacraments. Pray that that grace that's been poured out in you through the sacraments be stirred up and that those people that are around you, that you have the Father's heart for them, that will give you all that you need to speak to them when you need to speak to them, the journey with them, to anguish with them. I'm so moved by a guy named Joseph Shiambra. You can check it out, J-O-S-E-P-H-S-C-I-A-M-B-R-A. He's a man who is uh, steeped in the homosexual culture, um, steeped in the uh, homosexual culture, and by God's grace was brought out of it through the church. Do we have a call? Is that what you're saying? No. No, I'm saying, not to cut you off, but we, um, looking at the clock, want to invite you to Holy Trinity Parish this coming Saturday, um, beginning at 2.30? 2.15. 2.15. So if you're listening to the Saturday show, you can just rush on out there. But Holy Trinity Parish um, in Assumption, Ohio, Father Mike Danderan and crew, um, and along with us, warmly welcome you to come to a mini retreat that we, our Schleter family, are putting on with Holy Trinity and kind of um, filling out this livid gathering guide. We would love to um, do this together with you. I'm not sure how many people are signed up right now. 75? It's a good number. Yeah. 100, something like that. So it's families, little kids, singletons, however, um, however it works. But we're going to be gathering in the gym there and kind of giving testimony in a very fun way and walking you through the Live It Gathering Guide. Great family interaction, structured. And when we've done this, which we have a few times before, it's been very well-received and I'll say, um, among those who are very faithful to Mass, among those who, for whom Catholicism is valuable and important, um, invariably 90% say, we've never done that. We've never sat down and had the opportunity or took the opportunity to share in the ways that you offered us to share. So we make that very easy and comfortable to do. So um, we're shooting for a two-hour event. And if you, is that correct? Yes. You can jump yep. in anytime. Um, I their uh, sun, Saturday evening mass is at 5 p.m. I believe, yep. so you can hang around for that and just make it a full um, evening. Again, you do not have to be a Holy um, Trinity parishioner, um, although you guys are all, of course, more than welcome. But it is open to to all, and it is free. There is no cost to it, and it's just for two hours. It's a, it'll be a beautiful, worthwhile thing to do with your family. So we really encourage you to go to ilovemyfamily.us and sign up there. Again, it's a free event, but we would love to know the numbers. And if it's a last-minute decision, come on out anyway. Again, it's in the gym at Holy Trinity Parish. So we've got the Family Road Trip podcast. You heard the first episode of Season 2 tonight. We're encouraging after that for people to call in and share to share uh, their challenges, their struggles, and give testimony to what God's doing. So we do encourage you to be make this active. This is awesome radio program is an occasion to unite us in this journey over seven weeks. And imagine the grace God will have poured out if you are faithful to this over the next seven weeks. I promise you, I promise you with confidence in the Holy Spirit that you will be, your marriage will be, your family will be in a much better place. 
Um, Stephanie pointed out the retreat this coming Saturday. Another cool thing about that is woven into the Live It Gathering Guide is a six-week series that we are producing with Father Mike Danderan called Making, Getting More Out of Mass or Getting Most Out of Mass. And um, he's giving a short little seven, eight, nine minute every week, meaningful, insightful uh, teaching um, about the Mass that is related to our lives to make it more vibrant and that it will overflow into our marriages and families and our world. And each little episode also includes a little mini testimonial from somebody he chooses. So it's another benefit of being plugged into ilovemyfamily.us and beginning this seven-week journey with us. Um, And all of that, we love to do things in seasons, right? We have the seasons of the church, we have the seasons of the year, we have the 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 fill-in-the-blank, right, with the different seasons. And we have come to found, we have come Come to found, to to find out that just from talking with different people that um, when smaller chunks are presented, it seems more doable. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, sometimes it forms the habit also. So that's why we're doing the seven weeks. And at the end of the seven weeks of this lit season, um, we will have a very special Ignite, which is a night of word, worship, and witness in front of the Blessed Sacrament, also at Holy Trinity Parish. More information, um, that's on July 31st in the evening. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Lord Jesus, you poured forth your Spirit into our lives that we may be your very body, your instrument and icon of salvation for ourselves, our families, and the whole world. Awaken us to live this fully for your glory in this very moment and through all eternity. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit.